Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Here's the podcast for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. And don't forget, you can also listen live across the Faith Radio Network Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central or 12 Eastern for the entire hour. And if you want your question read on the live show, go ahead and send it to me at www.askjjj.com. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, Dr. John. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, well, since you guys are Christian thinkers. So, yeah, I just want to leave that question. I wanted to get your input on that. Sure, appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. That's my question. So, thanks a bunch. Thank you. Welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show, combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful, thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. Welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. It is Mother's Day weekend, and I want to extend a very happy Mother's Day to all the superhero moms and grandmothers and Not just the moms and grandmothers, but so many of you who are surrogate moms and surrogate grandparents and parents to so many others that you're influencing and mentoring. Happy Mother's Day. I happen to be married to a superhero myself, Audrey, and I just want to say happy Mother's Day to my amazing wife, mother of our five children, Lily Faith, age almost 10, Justin, seven, and then those triplets, Abel, Ryder, and Jackson, Uh, almost three years of age. I don't know about you, but our family could not function uh, without a godly mom who calls us to prayer and righteousness every day by her amazing commitment to Jesus Christ. I just thank God for all the godly mothers out there, and you are in my praise, and you are in my prayers today on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Friends, Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 62, No one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus had a lot to say about how we can be faithful in our walk with Christ. And yet we know the enemy is out there. He's a roaring lion trying to get us to turn to the right, turn to the left, or look back, as Jesus said uh, in Luke 9:62, We have a great program in store for you today. I am so excited to have joining me Dr. Jack Graham, the pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church, a church that truly never sleeps, based in the metroplex of Dallas, but ministering literally all over the world into all kinds of different places. Um, I'm so excited to talk to Dr. Graham about faithfulness and balance in ministry. What does it look like? And I'm so excited for him because he is celebrating 30 years as the faithful pastor of Prestonwood. And I'm so excited to dig in and have a transparent conversation, especially for so many of you who listen. You're a ministry leader. Uh, You're either listening live right now on Faith Radio Network or the thousands who listen on the podcast. God bless you. I know today is going to really encourage you. Also, one other update. Check out our website, ChristianThinkers.com. I'm so thankful for Mitch Cantor in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm going to talk about him in the closing. We've been doing some custom coding to make this program more accessible to you right on our website. So 
be sure and go to www.christianthinkers.com. We're going to have a great show today. Thank you so much for joining us. If, the, if you're just joining us for the first time, this is the program that inspires you to love God with your heart, your soul, and your mind, according to Matthew 22, verse 37. We're going to step away for a quick break. Dr. Graham will join us when we come right back in a moment. And welcome back to Faith Radio Network. This is the program where we encourage you to take your questions to God's Word instead of Google. There's 3,200 questions from Genesis to Revelation. A lot of questions in the Bible. Jesus asked over 300 questions in the Gospels. And I also think it's fascinating that there's actually two there's two promises, over 7,000 promises in God's Word for every question in the Bible. So let that encourage you today. Well, I am so encouraged to have... A true hero of mine uh, joining this program for the first time. You've heard his voice uh, in the past on Faith Radio Network, but the first time on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I have joining us from Dallas, Texas today, Dr. Jack Graham, who is, of course, the senior pastor of the Prestonwood Baptist Church, uh, which has got such a wonderful legacy that we're going to get into of sharing and preaching the gospel. But you've also no doubt seen him on Fox News and on any of the cable news networks. And I just love, Dr. Graham, your PowerPoint broadcast. Dr. Graham, you and Deb have such a great family. You're an avid sports fan. I love following you on Instagram and on Twitter. I want to encourage our audience to connect with you at Jack N. Graham. Uh, that's Jack N. Graham, both on Instagram and on Twitter. Dr. Graham, thanks for taking time with us on the program today. My pleasure, Jeremiah. Looking forward to our visit. Dr. Graham, when you came to Prestonwood as the senior pastor in 1989, it was an 8,000-member congregation. And people might think, wow, that's just phenomenal. But it's grown to over 42,000 members. You have campuses across the Metroplex. You have 300 Bible study fellowships that happened. And, of course, I've already mentioned the PowerPoint television broadcast. And I want to get into all of that. But you came into a situation where we might hear, oh, it was a big situation. But in many ways, you had to rebuild trust and not you personally but on behalf of the church um, and you you you've done such a masterful job at leadership and we have so many Christian leaders that connect with this program and friends I'm so delighted to have you joining us today and giving us your time but I want to jump right in and just say wow and I want to say congratulations to you Dr. Graham because I believe it's this month and correct me if I'm wrong is it this month you're now celebrating 30 years as the senior pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church Yes, it's uh, June, the first Sunday of June is uh, my actual anniversary, and uh, I tell you, 30 years, it goes in a hurry a lot faster than you think, I assure you. Wow, so tell great, us. great, great 30 years. Tell us about it. I mean, it's, when I think of you, I mean, I think of faithfulness. That's the word that immediately comes to mind. You've been so faithful in your ministry, and you've called so many others to faithfulness. So for all the ministry leaders, Dr. Graham, that connect to it with us, what are some of the immediate steps? What are the keys to faithfulness and ministry leadership? It all starts uh, on the inside, doesn't it? It's, it's your walk with God, and our, our walk, our work for God can never be a substitute for our walk with God. And mm. ministry, preaching, serving, shepherding, all of that flows out of our Christian life. Before we're pastors, before we're preachers, we are Christians. And God calls us, and it's the call of God upon my life that propels me every day. Uh, I can tell you that I was as eager to get up this morning as I was 30 years ago, 50 years ago. Uh, God has blessed me with health and strength and energy, and 
I'm enthusiastic. I stay passionate about uh, God's call upon my life. I'm dependent upon his hand upon my life. Mm-hmm. Um, successful life and successful pastoring, ministering, uh, that's not a human thing. It's a God thing. Uh, God uses humans. Uh, God uses our personalities and our words and um, our abilities, but he enhances them and, and empowers them uh, spiritually uh, and enables us then to, to keep going every day. Um, you know, it's like you know someone said the problem with life is so daily. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's ministry is daily. It's is uh, is twenty four seven really. It uh, doesn't mean we don't have breaks and and time away. But if you're preaching every week, multiple times typically, if you're serving your congregation, if you're trying to reach your community, uh, there's always something left undone. There's always more to do, and that can. You know, be stressful uh, for a pastor, but then you learn balance and you get your priorities in order and you stay balanced. And when you do, uh, you know, the winds that blow and problems that come don't knock you off your feet. So powerful. And I want to continue with this theme, Dr. Graham, because, I mean, here you are, your ministry never sleeps um, and you're giving leadership to leaders as well. But you and Mrs. Graham, I, I love, I've loved having the opportunity recently of getting to know you better, but just connecting with you on social media, following you, you and Mrs. Graham, you guys seem to just do a wonderful job keeping the balance in ministry. And that's really, I, I receive hundreds of questions from leaders. How do I keep the balance, the pull, the tug? You know, like for me personally, Dr. Graham, I haven't slept in two and a half years since our triplets were born. So, you know, as a parent, I'm wondering that as well. I mean, the, the balance between meter, ministry, leadership, family, life, fun, hobbies, you know, with so many ministry leaders in this burnout mode, how do you and Deb keep the balance? What are some of the keys to that? It starts with uh, the relationship that Deb, my wife now of 48 years, she was my college sweetheart. We got married when we were in college. And uh, so now here we are, amazingly, nearly 50 years later, uh, still loving one another, serving God together. And she has been uh, a true uh, partner with me in this road that we've traveled and continues to this day to inspire me. She's such a great Christian and a great person. And so it truly begins with um, a godly home and marriage. And because if you don't have a marriage, ultimately you won't have a ministry and Mm -hmm. you cannot forfeit uh, your home life for your church life. And I've, I've always worked to maintain that priority. And the way I view it, we talk a lot, balance is, is basically ordering your priorities but in another way, I've, I've always looked at, you know, it's not one, two, three, four, here's one to ten what I do uh, in ascending or descending order. But really, I look at it, look at it more as a, a core of centric, and, and concentric circles with Christ at the core. And it's more of a, a, a hub and a wheel with all the spokes that come out. And, and the things that, you know, you do in life, the things that I do as a pastor all flow out of my relationship with Christ and mm. that core central commitment to follow Jesus. I began as a small boy at a wonderful Christian home and heritage. Uh, I accepted Christ in, in a revival meeting with an Arkansas evangelist where I was living at that time. Uh, by the name of J. Harold Smith, a great preacher and wow. pastor, came to Jesus, was baptized, uh, and, you know, have been walking with the Lord all these years. 
And so that advantage, uh, you know, propelled me into a calling. I, I really think I was called as a boy. I couldn't identify it at that time. I confirmed it later, but I, I sensed God's hand on me as a small boy. And, and, and so Christ at the core, that relationship with Christ. So then everything you do, whether it is preaching or going to a baseball game, whether it is your marriage or your children, whether it is, you know, uh, your leadership ministry or playing golf, everything flows out of that core and central commitment that you have to Christ. And that takes the pressure off. If I simply do every day what Jesus has called me to do, the thing right in front of me, that helps me stay balanced. So good. If you don't have a minister, a marriage, you won't have a ministry. Balance is about ordering your priorities. It falls out. It literally flows out of our relationship with Christ. We're listening to Dr. Jack Graham drop all kinds of wisdom, and I'm thanking you if you're just joining us across the Faith Radio Network. This is the Jeremiah Johnson Show. Dr. Graham, a few years ago, you and I happened to be speaking at the same conference, and I grabbed my Bible, and I ran out to the front row with notes, and I was so excited to listen to you preach. And you, you, I'd never heard this before. I'm not sure how often you share this, but you talked about um, a formative part of your testimony was what happened to your dad. Would you mind sharing that with our audience? Because I think it would bring encouragement to many of our listeners. Right. I grew up in this wonderful Christian home, as I told you, in small town Arkansas in the 1950s. I was born in 1950, so the 50s truly were happy days, like you see on the television show. <laughs> a lot of fun. My dad owned a, a, a drive-in uh, restaurant cool. uh, we, and, and just grew up playing, playing Little League, just happy, happy, happy. Then we moved to Fort Worth, Texas uh, when I was 10, so my, my – uh, 1960s, if you will, the 60s I spent in in the great Fort Worth, Texas, uh, that I call my hometown. And again, great dad. And I, I'm setting up just the fact that we just had just an idyllic, wonderful life. It wasn't perfect. We didn't have money, but uh, we didn't have a lot of things that that people want. But we had a lot of love in our home. Great mom and dad, older brother. Uh, I go off to college, Hardin-Simmons University, to play baseball on a baseball scholarship, study for ministry. I already knew mm-hmm. I was going to do that. And uh, got married uh, in, in the midst of my college years. And in the summer that I was married, my dad was severely injured uh, by a shoplifter, bludgeoned with a hammer in the parking lot of his hardware store, and mm-hmm. died 10 days later. Uh, it, of course, just, you know, our family, it was an explosion. We'd never experienced, I'd never personally experienced grief like that. Um, when you lose your father, I think you think your father is indestructible. I know I did. He was strong and powerful man. And yet now he's gone and it wrecked our family and in, in terms of just the grief. But we all turned to Jesus and uh, began to practice what, you know, we believe. But it was formative in that it was a brokenness in me as a young preacher. And I'm I'm certain that um, God used that in my life to, you know, we're comforted by the God of all comfort. And with that comfort, we comfort one another. And and the comfort and the grace to go forward. And it really... Uh, it made, made me even more intense in my calling, my passion to preach the gospel to a broken world, a hurting, painful world uh, where such evil exists. Uh, it was as though I said, okay, devil, you picked on the wrong guy. I'm going to go wow. hard after you the rest of my life in the power of God's spirit. And so the death, the, the untimely and terrible death of my father, of course, you know, I regret that he died so young. He was just 56. 
but uh, God used it in our lives. My my wife's father died a year later. We lost both of our fathers in the first year and a half of our marriage. Wow. So we're a young couple, college kids, just getting started in life and ministry, and we went through these tragedies, this great sorrow, but it's part of our testimony. It's part of the way God formed us and, and prepared us uh, to serve God and to serve people. Wow, and I mean, just we only have a few seconds, and I mean, now you're, you're you're such a great grandfather, and but your dad really didn't have the opportunity to be the grandfather like you, did he? And that's why I'm grateful every day. Every day is a gift, and uh, we should never ever uh, be ungrateful for uh, the gift of life every day. And yes, I thank God for. Um, the years that he's given me, I'm 68 years old now. I battled uh, one, 10 years ago. I battled prostate cancer, survived that. Uh, otherwise, I've been healthy all my life, and we're blessed with that. But I know that uh, every day is an opportunity to get up and do something that makes an eternal difference in people's lives. I hear those trumpets in the morning, every morning, calling me. Uh, to serve Christ. Amen. Friends, we've got to jump to a quick 90-second break. Don't change the station. You're listening to Faith Radio Network. And when we come back with Dr. Graham, I'm going to be discussing uh, this this new study that shows that pastors feel pressured uh, to talk about certain issues. We're going to hear from the laboratory of Dr. Graham's more than 30-year ministry. His ministry preceded a very successful ministry coming to Prestonwood by many years. Uh, we're going to hear more about it. Stay with us. You're listening to Faith Radio. Welcome back from Faith Radio Network. This is Jeremiah Johnston. I'm joined by Dr. Jack Graham, the senior pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church. And if you're just joining us, you're going to want to go back and listen to the archive broadcast. Uh, Dr. Graham is sharing so much wisdom with us today. We're talking about what it means to have a life of faithfulness. If we don't have a marriage, we won't have a ministry. And friends, in this segment you may have just missed, he told the devil, you picked on the wrong guy after a tremendous tragedy that he experienced losing his dad. Dr. Graham, thank you so much, and we celebrate with you, and I want to add my voice to many others, uh, 30 years you're celebrating as the senior pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church. So many congratulations and felicitations to you. Dr. Graham, There's a what I appreciate, too, is you have this heart of compassion, and that's why I wanted to set it up. You, In your communication for the pastors who are listening and for the ministry leaders and the communicators who relate to this show, study Dr. Graham's ministry because you have a wonderful ability to relate and empathize with people. Obviously, for, through your testimony, you've experienced brokenness, but you have not compromised the gospel in any way. And there was a recent, last month, a study was released by Barna that 69% of pastors feel pressure. And they're reticent. They hesitate to address social issues. They're afraid they're going to offend somebody by preaching on controversial topics. How have you, Dr. Graham, maintained this balance of compassion but boldly proclaimed the whole counsel of God? And what is your message to other pastors? I mean, do you feel pressure? Uh, no. Uh, the only pressure I want to feel is the pressure of the Holy Spirit. And um, the Holy Spirit pressures me quite frequently. <laughs> uh, so I, I do feel his pressure. And, and that pressure would be uh, to be true to Christ and the Bible, uh, to uh, be fearless and courageous in taking stands that may or may not be comfortable or it could be controversial. I just, 
you cannot be afraid if you're going to be a pastor and a preacher of the gospel. And it's it it really it, it's it's uh, concerning. I mean, a, a cowardly, fearful uh, preacher is is. Um, it's a sad thing to me because God has given us boldness. Now, boldness is not brashness That's right. uh, or arrogance, and uh, we always speak truth in love. Jesus came. How did he come? With grace and truth. And when Christ is at the core of our ministry, then his life flows through us. His love flows, flows through us. Here's the greatest spiritual discovery uh, of my life was – discovering that Christ lives in me. And that was taught to me as a teenager by my pastor. There was a great revival movement that swept through uh, the country uh, during the 1970s, flowing out of the Jesus Mm -hmm. movement. Uh, Even among Southern Baptists, there was a renewal in the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And as a young seminarian, seminary student, uh, that captured my heart, that the Christ life in my life is is the secret to living the Christian life. The Christian life is not hard. It's impossible in our own strength. Strength and ministry uh, is not hard. It's impossible. And so Zechariah principle, 4-6 of Zechariah, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I made the wonderful discovery of the spirit-filled life. We call it spirit-filled life, exchange life, devoted life. Why don't we just call it the Christian life? Because this is how the Christian life is to be lived, in the power of God's Spirit. And uh, therefore, uh, you know, that gives you the eyes that you you need to to see spiritual needs all around us, the hands and strength to reach out. Um, So that's how I've always practiced ministry and, and, and developed our people to go and, and share Christ, evangelism. I mean, the greatest thing you can do for another person is tell them about Jesus mm-hmm. and the way of salvation, how to know Christ and how to be forgiven and how to live forever, and then find ways to do that. The ministry of the church should be find a need and fill it, find a hurt and help it. And and whether it's, you know, for years now, our church here back in West Palm, I was pastor of First Baptist West Palm Beach, we started a pregnancy center to be mm. uh, a response yes. to the terrible abortion crisis, this Holocaust in America. Uh, we can we can certainly shake our fists in anger, righteous anger at the problem, and work to overturn it. I hope we can do that in our generation, the uh, the terrible abortion problem, uh, sin. But on the other hand, uh, a great principle that I learned uh, as a, as a, as a young man was. Uh, Overcome evil with good. Yes. Uh, I used to watch a television program. There was a Catholic uh, bishop by the name of Fulton Sheen. When I was a little mm. boy, I would watch this Catholic bishop. My mother always said, why are you, why are you watching that? <laughs> I, because I was fascinated by this guy. He had robes. But the, what really fascinated me was, was when the program began, it began with a dark screen, and someone, a hand appeared, struck a match, and lit a candle. And then the voiceover said, better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Mm. And somehow that got into me as as a young boy, really, and developed. I ultimately found out it was Romans 12, 12 Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So the focus of my life and ministry has been overcoming 
evil with good. Even the story I told you about the death of my father, the tragedy mm-hmm. at the hands of, of you know, a murderer. Uh, overcome evil with good. I can shake my fist and be angry and bitter the rest of my life, or I can open my hand and and mm. and light a candle and be a light in the darkness and so all the things we do with this so we started a pregnancy center uh that that is on the ground every single day saving babies bringing moms and their families to Christ uh we literally have seen at Prestonwood alone over 70,000 babies born as well wow. of this ministry wow and and so it's it's incredible so that's what we do we 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 look we you know, just as that uh, that Samaritan, it says he saw the man, he had compassion on him, that man that was beaten and left for dead. The, the Samaritan saw the man, and he had compassion upon him, and then he served him. Uh, you, know, I, you know, I say that he had eyes to see, he had a heart to feel, and he had hands to reach out. That's the ministry and the mission of Christ in the world. So powerful, friends. We're joined by Dr. Jack Graham. I want to encourage you to connect with him on social media. That's at Jack N. Graham, Jack N. Graham on Twitter and Instagram. And then go ahead and like the PowerPoint Ministries with Jack Graham on Facebook. You're going to want to set your DVR also to watch Dr. Graham's preaching. And if you're ever in the Dallas Metroplex, you're going to want to attend Prestonwood Baptist Church. I know we have people listening from all over the country, and you're looking for trusted voices. Dr. Jack Graham is definitely someone you need to subscribe to and connect with. And Dr. Graham, I love what you just said. The only pressure you feel or want to feel is pressure from the Holy Spirit to be true to Christ in your ministry. And this really flows right into this next question that I have, um, because there's, as you know, it's no surprise to you, you preach about it. Uh, But I'm praying for, I've started praying for something in our ministry events at Christian Thinker Society for a revival of the Bible in Christianity. Now, you think we wouldn't have to pray for that, a revival of the Bible in Christianity. But, you know, my mission, the mission of my life is to equip every single believer to love God with their heart, soul, and mind. I am so burdened not just by the biblical literacy in our church, but also by what I call biblical vandalism, the misreading, the misunderstanding of the Bible. You know, given your history as you were ordained in 1970 into the gospel ministry, you've written books, you have a doctorate, you've studied at the highest levels. What what is your what are some immediate steps that we can implement with regard to help believers become more biblically literate? One of the things that uh, I've endeavored to do all my life is to, to maintain my role as a student. Um, you know, I am a teacher. I am a preacher. But um, this has truly been lifelong learning for me and growing as a disciple. And uh, you, you just cannot stop seeking truth and growing in grace. And so I'm an avid reader. And it, it's, it's, you know, you can walk into a pastor's library mm. and, and look at the books on the shelves and pretty much tell what kind of preacher and teacher you're, you know, he is, uh, because, you know, we, what's the old thing, you know, that we are, uh, who we are is the friends we keep and the books we read. And Mm, so the books that I read have strengthened my faith and I appreciate so much your books, uh, Jeremiah, notwithstanding that we're talking to to each other here today, but, (laughs) but you are a, a great voice. Uh, a new generation voice uh, that is doing apologetics in, in, in a different way, in a different twist, in a way that connects with uh, current uh, younger adults and teenagers and the like. But 
you just cannot stop learning and growing mm-hmm. as a pastor. And when you do, I mean, I, I have a file of uh, just on my iPad, there are probably 5,000 sermons that I've preached. And I would never wow. have to prepare another sermon if I, yeah. you know, I mean, I can yeah, just exactly. pull the file and go. But I stay in my study, and I stay on my knees, and I prepare, and I work, and I keep learning. And I'll pick up a book by someone like you, Jeremiah, and and (laughs) I learn new ways to communicate. And not only that, but it strengthens my own faith because, interestingly enough, you know, as you get older in life, uh, you you would think it would get easier to believe. But there are things that happen to people along the way in their lives and and disaster comes and death and separation and all the things that happen as as people move from from decade to decade that can challenge their faith and make it harder to to believe not easier to believe mm. and that's why you better be prepared for that and to keep your as i say keep your knees on the floor and your nose in the book <laughs> and your eyes on the lord and you'll keep going I love this, and friends, I, we're we're hearing a pastor who has preached, who has five thousand sermons, and yet he's saying, "I maintain my role as a student." And when I think about the fact that, according to Publishers Weekly, and I put this out in my email, I'd encourage you to check out my email, friends. One hundred ninety-two million Americans did not read a book last year. One hundred and ninety-two million adult Americans did not read a book last year. Friends, There is, we are living in the golden age. I want to say this, and I'm not normally a PS guy, but mm-hmm. we're talking about biblical literacy. It's amazing to me that on the one hand, we have the greatest resources available today in the history of the church to arm you, equip you, resource you, encourage you, bless you, help you in your devotional life, and yet we have biblical illiteracy at an all-time high. It reminds me of a Wall Street Journal op-ed I, I saw recently, Dr. Graham, that your wife may be like mine. You know, we buy every cookbook on the market, but we seem to eat out more and more and more. More, more Americans are eating out more, <laughs> and yet we all buy cookbooks. <laughs> We've got to step away, Dr. Graham. Uh, we have time for one more segment. I've got several more questions that are popping in, and friends, I want to encourage you again, uh, submit your question to me at askjjj.com. Uh, we're going to step away for a quick break. We'll be right back. We're talking with Dr. Jack Graham, the senior pastor of the Prestonwood Baptist Church. Welcome back to the program. Joining us across Faith Radio Network, it is such a blessing to have Dr. Jack Graham on the broadcast today. I want to encourage you, if you've missed any aspect of it, go ahead and subscribe to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. And thanks so much uh, for all of those wonderful reviews. Even more importantly, all the prayer requests, all the ways you relate to this program. God bless you. And I want to encourage you to check out all of the programs at Faith Radio. And I'm probably coming to a city near you to speak. So check out ChristianThinkers.com. Dr. Jack Graham joining us today. We're celebrating. Um, We praise God for faithfulness. You know, uh, Dr. Graham, I just want to throw this at you for a minute. Uh, I I was kind of stunned. You know, and I don't even know what to think about this, but I'll just leave it at this, that more than one half of the most engaged um, articles in a recent Christian news publication was about the fact of different pastors failing and having problems. Um, I just want to celebrate for a moment that, I mean, wouldn't you say that is in the minority? Most pastors are men of God, faithful. I mean, here you're celebrating 30 years just at one church, and you were at another church before that. Um, Can you just talk for a moment about what's often underreported, the great majority of people in ministry who are serving Christ and doing a great job and how we shouldn't focus on the minority? I I would be glad to. Uh, This is a very important point to make, and, you know, we – 
you know, we weep just in regard to failures, the public, as well as private failures of, of pastors and church leaders. Uh, even one uh, is mm. a tragedy. Uh, we do seem to have these this public now uh, unfrocking, if you will, of, of pastoral leaders and, and ministry leaders. And uh, we should all pray. Uh, I would encourage uh, your listeners uh, who have a pastor uh, to pray for your pastor, yes. pray for your pastor's wife and family, uh, make it uh, uh, make it your uh, heart's desire to see your pastor succeed. So many pastors are dealing with pressure from their congregations, and they just live in the heat of criticism and all the rest. Love your pastor. Pray for your pastor. Uh, do your best to support uh, him when he is leading the congregation, preaching God's word, and uh, doing it the right way. Because there are so many uh, pastors who are doing it the right way over a long period of time. And um, it, it's sort of like uh, I, I illustrate it with the stars. When when you look up into the heavens and, and you, you look at the, the stars, they're twinkling, they're bright, they're beautiful. There are millions of them, billions of them, innumerable <laughs> numbers of stars. Yeah. Uh, but if you see a falling star, if you see one, uh, uh, you know, fall, we gasp, we gaze, we look, we, uh, you know, we, we notice it, and then that far st- uh, star disappears. But we we tend to see the falling stars and focus on that rather than the millions of pastors and and uh, people in ministry who are faithfully serving every That's day, right. and most of them are in small churches. Most of the churches around this country are not big churches. They're small, and the pastors are often underpaid and undersupported. Mm-hmm. And uh, so think about that man of God who is faithfully preaching God's Word. He may not have the greatest tools to do it. He may not and, – and think about all the pastors around the world on mission fields and mission fronts that are, are serving the Lord. So – uh, you make a very healthy point for all of us. Uh, we we tend to you know enjoy watching train wrecks or, or uh, somehow there's some kind of uh, strange pleasure in that for some people. But uh, remember that that God's hand is upon those who faithfully serve Him, and we should celebrate that. And at Easter, when we celebrate the the resurrection, redemption, and the resurrection. Uh, we should also pray for these who have fallen and that God would give them an opportunity to rise again and to serve God. Amen. It may not be the same way. They may do it with a broken wing, but uh, let's pray for one another in these days. There's a lot of chaos in the world and confusion, and and pastors and spiritual leaders uh, are not immune from this. That's right. And so when you've got a good pastor and you've got a godly man who's leading you, give thanks to God and celebrate his life. So good. Dr. Graham, we only have time for three more questions. I want to tee you up for this next question. Um, when Audrey and I, and we only had one child at the time, Lily Faith, lived in, in Oxford in England. Our favorite pizza place, which oddly enough was called Cafe Nero, uh, was actually in an abandoned, beautiful church sanctuary. 
right on the side of the road in Oxford. I mean, everybody, and I, I asked the manager, so what's the story in the church? He said, oh, everybody died or left. The church was left vacant, so we were able to get it for, you know, pennies on the dollar. And, and we, we ate there often, my favorite pizza place in town. When you look at what's happened, what's happened with Christianity in Britain, um, I was pointing out a statistic from the Census Bureau that Britain has lost 5.3 million Christians who actively attend in the last 10 years, an attrition rate of 10,000 a week. Um, when you see that they're saying now by 2067, uh, one cheeky uh, reporter said there won't be any Christians left in Britain by 2067 if the numbers continue. Um, what do you think about the decline in some of these areas? Um, and then how can we stop this in the United States from happening? And I know you've already talked about a really powerful point, overcoming evil with good. And friends, I just want to brag about Prestonwood Baptist Church for, for a second. I know I've already asked the question, but I mean, just seeing what you all did during Hurricane Harvey alone. I mean, you all literally brought semi trucks here. You were like a SWAT team for anyone who was suffering. So talk for a moment. How do we keep the church relevant today? And how do we make sure that what's happened in the U.K. doesn't happen in the United States? Uh, yeah. Interestingly enough, my favorite pizza place in New York is an old church that used to be an evangelistic center. <laughs> right? it's, called, it's called John's Pizza okay. right there in Manhattan. And it's sad I, because there are actually photos left on the wall. That it, that was a great soul-saving station at one time. Wow. Uh, right there in the middle of Manhattan, and now it's a pizza place serving great pizza, <laughs> wow. I might add. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking the burning of uh, Notre Dame, uh, yeah. you know, in the news uh, and, and the terrible uh, tragedy of seeing that beautiful architecture and all the rest go down, but it, in some ways, it's a parable, isn't it, of yeah, what's happening in Christianity in Europe? Mm. And uh, just, just you know, we we regret the, the, the burning of of that fantastic building, but what is more regretful is just the undoing, uh, the disaster of the church in Europe of all kinds and all brands and. We, we do see in America signs that this is coming our way, just the secular, the growing secularism, the, the political divide in the country. Uh, it, it, we are increasingly awakened to the possibility that what we see in Western Europe in particular could become America in the not-too-distant future. That's what uh, keeps me awake praying for my grandchildren uh, mm. and, and their children. Uh, as we go forward. So what, what can we do? Uh, you know, fulfilling the Great Commission to go and make disciples, the, the mission has never changed. Uh, preaching the, the death, burial, and resurrection uh, and the power of Christ to save, that never changes. And I see many churches uh, over the years, you know, great cathedrals, great places where people worshiped that, um, you know, where every church began with a mission. And, and the heart of God to reach their community, to go on mission for Christ around the world. But over time, a church that was on mission can become more focused on ministry, and it turns inside to the people. Mm, and, mm. and everything you know, is inwardly focused, and let's have more ministry to feed Christians, and let's do more things to let's be a religious club to help Christians. And you get off the mission, and it becomes a ministry, and before you know it, the ministry turns to just maintenance. Then you're just funding yeah. the budget and and you're and and taking care of the programs and 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 you know it's a it's a ministry, it's a maintenance thing. You go to all maintenance. It can happen to businesses. It happens to churches, and then it won't be long till that ministry mode turns to a monument. Wow. Uh, to the past. 
And that's why you have so many empty churches, not only in Europe, but in, in the world. Something that became, that, that became a ministry, that became a monument and a memory to the past. To stay current and to stay active in people's lives, aggressively preaching the gospel, going wherever their people have needs, preaching the gospel in every language. Um, you know, we have a very aggressive and active Espanol yes. ministry here and, and, and growing because we're in Texas and we've got all these people mm-hmm. that are coming uh, to, to Texas that uh, are, are, are Spanish-speaking, uh, Hispanic people. We're reaching them. Uh, the, the, the impoverished areas of our cities, we're starting a school in the, in the poorest area. We have a Christian school. Yes. It's dynamic. Jeremiah, you've spoken yeah, to our students. But what do we do? So we, we have a school for children with special needs, one of the great mission fields in the world. In America, are families with special needs. They can't get to church. Churches can't handle them. So we have a ministry to, to special needs kids, adults, and their families, and a school that supports them. And now a school in Bonton Community in South Dallas, which is one of the most violent tread uh, communities. We're going right in there with a school, wow. and uh, we're going to teach God's Word and, and all the other academics and give people a chance. So we just keep looking for opportunities and open doors and dare to believe that God could use us. And not every church can do that, of course, but every church can do and can unite with other churches. There's value in networking with other churches, being in a That's right. you know, one good reason to be a Southern Baptist because we have a convention of churches that can yep. work together to do great things. So that's just some of the ways. But you've got to stay relevant, and the gospel's relevant. Jesus is always real, always relevant. Stay on Jesus and let, let your ministry and your church be the mission of Christ in the world, and you'll never die. So fantastic, friends, and, and you're just scratching the surface. I mean, uh, you know, as a ministry, I know you all are doing mental health conferences and summits. I mean, you're, you're ministering right. in all these different areas. It's so relevant. No one could say it wasn't, and you're meeting needs. And, Dr. Graham, you're dropping so much wisdom on us. And, friends, if you've missed any of this, you're going to want to go back and listen to the whole program. And, again, I want to encourage you to connect with Dr. Gra- Jack Graham on Twitter, Jack N. Graham. Dr. Graham, the time has gone way too fast. We only have time for my final question that I ask all of our guests because uh, in answering 20,000 plus questions in our ministry, you know, I, I really believe vulnerability is the new superpower to reach people, and I just love ending this program asking all of our guests, and thank you so much for all the insights you've shared in this program, but it, Dr. Graham, it, you know, in this, I know you've seen a lot in your ministry. Nothing probably surprises you. If you could ask Jesus any question today, what would it be? I mean, what, what would your unanswered question be? Well, as I just ransacking my mind very quickly here, I mean, I could ask certainly some of those philosophical and theological questions, and and I have those. I've learned to train my brain to doubt my doubts and believe my beliefs, and mm-hmm. I and, and I say to people, never trade what you know for what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And there are categories of things that I just put in a file and say I don't know, and just because it doesn't make sense to me doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Uh, but I trust God who does uh, make all things make sense. So that that's part of my personality. Uh, but uh, I, I would I would ask Jesus why me? Um, when you when you the bigger question is just the sovereignty of God, hmm. uh, the mysteries of who is saved, who is not saved, who believes, who does not believe. Um, to, to think, you know, I I think about, you know, I was a a boy born in small town Arkansas, 
Why was I born in a Christian family and someone else wasn't? Uh, why was I given opportunities that others were not? Uh, how could God use someone, again, from a small town and to be a pastor and have so much favor uh, poured out on uh, our lives and ministry? Uh, when I get to heaven, uh, you know, I'm going to ask, I'm going to thank him and ask him, Lord, why, why me? Uh, and thank you. What a great, powerful thought to end on, Dr. Graham. Thank you so much. Friends, did you hear what he just said? I never trade what I know for what I don't know. Dr. Graham, we've got to jump to a, to a quick commercial break, but this has been so phenomenal. Will you come back to this program again in future days? Anytime. Anytime, <laughs> Jeremiah. And thank you for all you're doing to proclaim Christ uh, to our nation and to the world. And thank you, Dr. Graham, and congratulations on 30 years of Prestonwood. Friends, I'm going to be back with my final segment, taking your questions that you've submitted at AskJJJ.com. Stay with us. You're listening to Faith Radio. Welcome back to our final segment. This is the Jeremiah Johnston Show. If you're just joining us across Faith Radio Network, what a fantastic conversation with Dr. Jack Graham about ministry balance, ministry faithfulness. He drops so many one-liners on us. This is a program you're definitely going to want to listen to again. So let me encourage you, friends. Uh, this is a program that exists in the live format right now on Faith Radio Network, but we take um, great care to make it available for archived episodes on podcasts. So I want to make sure that you know you can go to the Jeremiah Johnston Show website at Faith Radio Network, and what you're going to see with every single one of our broadcasts, you're going to see a blog that is written and created that is a very brief 300-word summary of our one-hour show. Now, we, as you can see, we drink from the fire hose every single uh, show episode. We we tackle all of the tough subjects and we give substantive answers, not soundbite answers. We give substance. And so um, it's really important that this show exists out in an archived landscape. And so you can listen to this program on podcast. You can listen to it uh, through Google Play, iTunes podcast. You can read those blogs at Faith Radio Network and you can share those on social media. So I just want you to know how you can use this program. This program is a ministry to you to encourage and equip and resource your Christian life to have a more conversant faith, to be more confident, yes, in your own personal faith, more assured in your walk with Jesus Christ, more assured in the evidences of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's not it doesn't stop there. It's not just about you. It's about you doing the Great Commission. And so use the resources of this program in your social media. Use it um, definitely in your Bible studies. That's why it's there. You can listen to the program. I have people texting me from all over the world who are listening to this program in an archived uh, way. I also want to just remind you of some fantastic updates that we've made to ChristianThinkers.com. I, I touched on this right at the outset. I thank God for the amazing creative people in the kingdom of God. I met a man by the name of Mitch Cantor, and he has a fantastic ministry you need to check out. His website is ministry.mitchcantor.com. That's ministry.mitchcantor.com. His calling is to help ministries commute, communicate Jesus better. And for years, uh, he has just owned this whole development, design, social media marketing, onstage communication strategies. And my passion is communicating in professional ways that get the word out uh, because we work so hard to develop content, right? I mean, I work every day to develop content, but I want to make sure I can get it into your hands in a, in a way that's tech-savvy, very user-friendly, and Mitch has been helping me with that. So on that note, go to ChristianThinkers.com, and I'm there at 
now here in the studio, and you're going to see we have created some custom-coded banners where you can listen to the most recent show just by a click of a button. So literally, you go to ChristianThinkers.com, and in one click, you can listen to this broadcast. And then at the bottom, if you scroll down, you're going to see our three most recent broadcasts. I wanted to eliminate as many clicks as possible so that you could just be able to watch or listen to the show and then share it with someone. So I pray that you will be blessed in that. And I'm so grateful for Mitch Cantor. So, again, check out his website, ministry.mitchcantor.com. For all of the ministry leaders who connect with this show, definitely uh, I recommend him to you. What a blessing. What a creative person to work with. I'm so thankful for all the creative leaders in the body of Christ, aren't you? Friends, again, it's Mother's Day weekend. God bless all the moms who connect with this show. We thank God for you. We truly pray that tomorrow, in a very special way, you'll feel the love of Jesus Christ enveloping your life. And I want to just, again, tell you how thankful I am to have you joining us every single week right here on Faith Radio Network for the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I'm so grateful to God for you listening, for you praying, and for you sharing this program. We'll see you next time on the Jeremiah Johnston Show. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks for listening to the podcast from The Jeremiah Johnston Show. I definitely want to hear from you, so if you have a follow-up question from today's program, you can submit it to me at www.askjjj.com. You'll also see how you can connect with us from there across social media. And don't forget, these conversations are available because of listener support. And you can make a gift right now to the Faith Radio Network at www.myfaithradio.com. And to avoid missing future editions of The Jeremiah Johnston Show, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do a Google Play, RSS feed. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of the program.